Well, hello and good evening, everyone. Welcome to this week's new episode of Primetime Gaming with Mr. Boomstick and Friends. And of course, I am your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. I want to thank everybody for taking the time to come out wherever you are. Hopefully you are safe, not getting bombed by a blizzard, and you're enjoying your time playing video games. This, of course, tonight is going to be one heck of of an episode packed with topics and more importantly packed with incredible panel members but we have a guest and i think this is a guest that not only have you seen explode on the scene on social media via the twitters but he's been doing some good work at the lordsofgaming.net please welcome logan meyer well, thank you. I mean, you rolled out the red carpet for me. I'm honored. That was, um, yeah, I've been uh, working for Lords of Gaming for a bit, and I started my own site a while back, uh, pixelisle.net, and just, I don't know, I love the gaming industry so much, I thought, you know what, I might as well cover it myself. Well, you know what? You've been doing a good job. Uh, I, I receive the lordsofgaming.net run by the Iron Lord podcast, a good friend, good brothers of mine. Uh, of course, I enjoy their shows each and every week. Love what they're doing at lordsofgaming.net. Of course, that description is in the show notes if you want to subscribe. And I think you should because of writers like Logan here who is doing the good work. Uh, and uh, keeping gaming uh, journalism, I think, fair. I think that you can voice your opinion. I think it's super important to do so. And you're actually laying the tracks down, Logan, for what I believe, we at least I hope, happens that newer writers will start to learn that just because they have an opinion doesn't make it the right one. I think the way that you write is certainly something to be commended for, sure. But thank you so much for taking the time to be here. We didn't think we were going to get him here today because he is uh, currently... Uh, in the uh, in the middle of the country, which is getting bombed by a blizzard, and hopefully his power does in fact hold out. But let's continue with the introductions. We're going to start with one of the first people that were here, Tempest Sun. Welcome back to the program, and hopefully your back is still in place. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, just before the show, my dad calls me up. He's like, "Hey Jay," he's like, uh, "He said, come over. I need your help with something. I, I need you to lift something." I'm like, oh, "Okay." So I go over there, and he he opens up the back of his like work van. There's like literally 2,000 pounds worth of tile sitting there. So uh, I had that fun before the show. So luckily I'm still in one piece and uh, ready to get to the topics. <laughs> well, it's great to have you here. And yes, we have a lot to get to. Middle-aged gamer guy, also known as the mag and the loudest man in Canada. Please welcome to the program, my brother. And how the heck are you? Uh, good evening, boom. Good evening, chat panel. And of course, it's always an uh, it's always an honor to have an Iron Lord here. And uh, yes, guys, it's great. Uh, we finally got a snowflake in Canada. I can't believe it. Uh, I had green grass this morning and snow is finally starting to fall here. Can you imagine the second week of February? Ridiculous. But anyhow, we got a great show tonight, guys. We got some great topics. I'm doing great. I hope you're all doing great. Let's get right into it. Well, thanks so much for being here. Next up, he is still floating on a calzone, currently being eaten by great white sharks. Hopefully, he's not next on the menu. Please welcome the Italian clowns. 
Hey, what's up, Boom? I'm coming from the inside of an alligator's mouth looking for that perfect calzone. Hey, Mag, send one from Canada to me, please. <laughs> I'll go by uh, Little Italy for you. <laughs> yeah, pleasure. It's a pleasure being here, Boom, and it's going to be a nice packed show. Great panel. Awesome guest. I'm excited. Let's do this. Thank you so much for being here, clowns, and I would certainly appreciate that. And next up, the Everborn Saga. He just changed his name, not like Prince, uh, uh, but he <laughs> is here to entertain us with his extreme knowledge of gaming. Welcome back to the program, dude. Woo! Uh, I, yeah, I like that. I like that Prince reference. It's like I'm the I'm the artist formerly known as Steve A. M. Johnson. It's just Everborn Saga now across the board. That's EvermorenSaga.com, Everborn Saga on YouTube, Everborn Saga on Xbox and PlayStation, and now Twitter. Uh, getting the branding in order, as they say. Yeah. But very excited to be here. Lots of stuff to talk about tonight, and uh, always a pleasure. And Tempest, I know exactly what you mean. We just uh, finished renovating our basement in the house we, we just moved into a few months ago. So lots of uh, lifting and taking things downstairs. It's not I fun, right? Pain. And, <laughs> and 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 uh, Mag and clowns, especially clowns. I'm kind of jealous because you guys haven't had to deal with all this snow. Uh, <laughs> snow is fun when it's fluffy, but when it turns to ice and you start slipping, not so much. Yeah, but anyway, no, absolutely. Let's get into it. Yep. Thank you so much. And last, and no way least, making his rounds uh, back in time from locking up the Joker once again, our resident Cape Crusader, Cybernox. Welcome to the program, dude. Hey, what's going on? Boom, what's going on? Chat, panel. I, I got a little throw off there by Clowns. He was asking Mag for a calzone. I thought he was going to ask him for a croissant. You know, I was just like, hey, well, what's going on here? He's asking, <laughs> you know, but it's good to be here. I know I've missed last week. I really missed you guys. And uh, I'm just glad uh, to be here on another Monday evening discussing game with all of you. Can't wait for it. Let's get it. Well, it's great to have you apart, and we're going to open up the show with what you see on the screen. Folks, the Division 2 has come back in a big way, and we are going to not only be talking about Massive Entertainment's continued support of the Division 2, but what we expect them to bring and bring to the table and deliver for the open world Star Wars game. But we're going to start with, of course, the Division 2 is what you see on, see on the screen, and, uh, you know, look... I, if anyone knows me that's been following the channel for a while, I'm a huge fan of Division 2. Uh, I'm more so, I'm a big fan of the Division itself. Um, I love the Division 1 still a little bit more than 2, uh, but I love the fact that they are uh, they brought it back to New York with the uh, with the Warlords of New York. i really enjoying that, going back and forth between Washington, D.C., and, of course... Uh, New York. Um, I do miss the winter uh, weather that was uh, in the first game. Uh, we do need to get some, you know, like summer uh, weather. I'm hoping that there's going to be eventually a Division 3. But, you know, during, last week, one of the most important things that people have been asking for is what is, in fact, going to happen to the Division? They just received their biggest update since the title launched. A couple of years ago, uh, we saw the 60 FPS mode. As you can see, this is running on the screen. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. After playing 60 FPS for as long as I've been playing it now, I honestly don't know how I, was, I could ever go back to 30 FPS. It is incredible. Uh, but I do want to bring up onto the screen 
uh, what came from massive entertainment. And this is a message from the division to team. And it says this, we see the ongoing conversation in the community, and we understand that you are eager for news on what lies ahead for the division two today. We are thrilled to confirm that there will be an additional content for the division two released later this year. It's, it is your continuous passion and support which enables us to continue to build upon the Division 2 experience, and we cannot thank you enough for that. Some of you have noticed that the Title 12 update was originally meant to be the last major title update for the Division 2, but thanks to your continued support, we are now in the early stages of development for fresh content to release later in 2021. While is while it is still too early to go into more details today, you won't have to wait too long as we will share more as soon as we can. In the meantime, we again want to send a heartfelt thank you to the continued support throughout the Division 2 post-launch period. We cannot stress enough how much this means to us. We also want to take this opportunity to update you on a few issues currently present in the game. Uh, present in the game. An investigation into the crashes affecting many of you is ongoing with the highest uh, highest priority. And we are also close to finding a fix for the missing uh, biometric fog and screen um, space reflections on PlayStation 5. We will let you know when we have a date for both fixes. Until next time, the Division 2 development team. Now, I, I want to go to Logan Meyer first. Logan, look, here's the thing. When you, when you look at what the Division has been able to do to maintain itself, we just got the biggest update uh, uh, in, the, in the title's release with the 60 FPS mode and all of the bells and whistles that you see on the screen before you. Um, how important do you think this was for the community? Uh, and do you see um, a, a resurgence in a game that many people counted as dead? Well, that's an excellent question. And I feel like it's first, I want to give kudos to massive games and Ubisoft for continuing support and listening to feedback and bringing more content and fixes to the game. I mean, you saw the other day, Halo Wars 2, they 343 is just like, no more content for that. We're not even going to talk a sequel or anything, even though a lot of fans were really hoping for that. So I'm always happy to see more support for a game. And FPS performance boosts and other content is a huge reason to get into the game. I'll be honest, I have not played Division 2 yet, so this is going to give me a big reason to check out now with all the new content coming, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, you know what? It, it, it's, it's great to see the title receive next-gen uh, capabilities to take advantage of your PlayStation 5 and, of course, your Series X and S. And uh, like I said, I I've seen a resurgence in this game. I think it's going to continue. Right now, there's a Resident Evil X Division event going on where, of course, there's no zombies as of yet. Hopefully, that, that they eventually will add that in a way where it really would be Resident Evil. But, I mean, I I'll take what we have, and I'm quite enjoying it. Uh, Tempest Sun, let's get let's get to you. Uh, you know, you you like games that 
that make you grind for gear. There's no doubt about it. We've seen many of the games that you play. Is this something that you would get into potentially with the uh, next-gen upgrades being added? And are you happy to know that unlike 343i, who disappointed many, many fans with the Halo Wars 2 news and no current sequel or additional content, um, Ubisoft even taking on the Star Wars IP is still going to be working on Division 2. Tempest, you there, brother? Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I, 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 <clears throat> my wife was talking to me. I apologize. <laughs> I'm out of form. Okay, so you're talking about the um, the Division with the Star Wars skin? Yeah, you know, I mean, you like to grind. You, li- you, you like yeah, to yeah. grind, and uh, this is the game that does that with, with gear. For you, are you happy to know that it's going to receive continued support? Unlike, again, we just said that uh, 343 kind of disappointed a lot of fans right. with no new information for uh, Halo Wars 2 or even a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think it's a good thing, and I've seen so much positivity come to, uh, I guess, the games, people returning to it because of the the new patch they just had. I myself have tried it. Um, I didn't play The Division 2 very much. I have, like, a really kind of weird, <laughs> very just my, that's just, you know, a you problem. You know, me, uh, I'm sick and tired of games not having a main character that talks. I, I, I have such a hard time in- <laughs> investing myself in the story. When people are talking at me and my character just sits there and says absolutely nothing and just it's just awkward to me but i'm not going to let that stop me from playing it because it plays phenomenally um the 60 frames per second dude that just that completely changes the game like it, it plays almost nothing like what it used to it's phenomenal um so the fact that people are going to have more to play i think everybody kind of thought that they were done with it um, but I think they realize, you know, they got a, like a shot in the arm, uh, you know, new life into it. Um, so there's that, uh, as far as the star Wars bit goes, um, like I said, if you can make a character that actually speaks, that'd be fantastic. But, uh, I think a star Wars quote unquote division game would be unbelievably awesome. I mean, yeah, we're, we're actually, that's, we're going to segue into what yeah. we are expecting from, Massive entertainment, considering they're going to be using the Snowdrop engine, which you see running here in front of you on the Division 2 yeah. that mm-hmm. open world Star Wars game. Right. Uh, but uh, anything else you'd like to add, brother? No, it's just good news, man. You know, there's people that are fan of these games, and the more of it, I, if there's one like silver lining here, some people hate games of a service, but like if you like this game, this is why games of a service can be a good thing. You're just getting more and more and more of it. So I, I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let, let's get to Mag. Mag, for you personally, I, I don't know where your love or hate of uh, you know games like The Division, but mm-hmm. to know that Massive Entertainment, who has just uh, has just taken on the Star Wars license, and quite frankly, uh, they're in early development. We have that on confirmation, and again, we're going to be talking about that in the second half of this topic. For mm-hmm. you, knowing that they're not allowing this particular franchise to just lie and die, and they're going to continue support for the next two years, including new DLC this year that was unscheduled. Does that excite you? Uh, Yeah, it does, because I'm a huge Division fan. I love the first one, and I love the second one. The second one, I actually put in over 100 hours playing uh, co-op with my wife, and uh, we we love it, man. We love it. And the, the funny thing is, you know, you mentioned about five minutes ago when you're talking to Tempest, you're talking about the grind. The one thing I did notice about Division 
is it doesn't feel like a grind. Correct. It doesn't to me. Like the way that they weave the story in there and the way they have like those little raids and everything else. Like, you know, you have to liberate these areas and, you know, liberate those little uh, the bases that you have and stuff. And then that's where you go do your upgrades and everything. I didn't feel like it was a grind. It felt like I was playing a story. And that's the way you do it. The way you do it is that you, if you could weave you know, your narrative in the middle of the grind, it won't feel like a grind. It'll have people playing longer. And this is why this is happening. Now, a little side note, uh, by the way, I don't know who's going to win this competition right now, but it's between the Division 2 and Dying Light. Okay, for who could keep coming up with new content with this game? Eh? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I heard even Dying Light's got new content coming out in 2021. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah, so, that, game is, that game is old as hell. No doubt about that. No kidding. It's nuts. And then the fact that this is happening now, I just looked it up because uh, I actually completely forgot to buy the Warlords of New York. It just kind of slipped my mind right now. Everybody check it out, folks. At least on the Xbox store. I don't know about what's going on the PlayStation store, but the Warlords of New York right now is 70% off. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, 70% off. It's eleven ninety nine Canadian. Okay, so that's like, I don't know, 4.2 cents American. So it should be cheap. <laughs> All right. So it's really cheap right now. It's eleven ninety nine for me. So for you guys, probably be about eight ninety nine. Okay, let's get real. That's pretty amazing. Now, on top of this, you're getting all the next gen, um, you're getting all the next gen upgrades and everything else. That's fantastic. Now, I thought about this. They would, you know, this is a good message for all the dev teams out there of games that have been out for like a year or two, especially games as a service or that kind of thing, games that can grow, especially with an online community and engagement. Think about this for a second. It would behoove these guys, okay, to add in these next gen upgrades to bring their games back into the light. Because what yeah. ends up happening is it slips through the cracks, you know, especially these days. You remember the old days? There was like, you know, September to November, and that was it for the whole year. That's when you got all your games. They would release like 30 games in that little span, and then the rest of the year was dry as a bone. Now, the thing is what's happening now is so many games are coming out in so like every month. Bang, ba-bang, ba-bang, ba-bang. A lot of games slip through the cracks. And people don't notice them. Now, look at now as a prime example, look at what just happened tonight with Logan. Okay. Logan himself just said, I've never played it, but now that we're talking about it, I'm yeah. going to give it a try. So, what just happened? You watched right in front of your eyes what marketing does and what bringing your game back into the spotlight does. So, now you've given the next gen upgrade, you've added 60 FPS, you've got gorgeous visuals. And from what I understand, I haven't turned it on yet. I, I just finished downloading it the other day. But um, the main game. Um, I understand that there's even visual upgrades. Yes. And there's even uh, even added lighting effects and fog effects and all this other kind of cool stuff. So that's fantastic. So now you've basically released a next-gen game. Now, Logan's going to sit down and play it, presumably on a Series X or a PS5 or whatever he's got, or both. What's going to happen now is that he's going to be playing a next-gen game. It's going to look and feel like a next-gen game. Mm -hmm. It's going to be an entirely new experience for him. So, therefore, you see what's happening by bringing these games and supporting them, especially if you got a winner. I mean, the, the game's got to be good. Let, let's face it. The game's got to be good first. Then you keep pushing it. Uh, the fact that they're releasing new content this year, I'm enjoying that idea because maybe this is the route that some of these games can go a la Destiny 2 and so on and so forth. Destiny 2 is not particularly my bag. I... I I find the game, I know I'm a fraud, but I find the game confusing sometimes. I don't know where the hell I'm going. I'm mm -hmm. like, what mission am I doing? You know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to find, like, I just trying to finish 
the damn campaign or a storyline. And I'm just like, I don't even know what's going on. I never felt that way with division. I always felt like I knew where I was going. There was purpose. I knew what I was doing. So I enjoy that sort. I enjoy that grind. Now, um, I, are we talking about the Star Wars thing now? Or are we gonna no, no, wait? we're going to segue into that after after we get everyone's point. Okay, on no, that w- so that's it. That's all I was going to say about that. I'm just saying that I'm super happy that they're going to be releasing new content this year. I'm just downloaded now Warlords of New York. So now there's a new experience for me. Okay, now I'm going to go back. Well, so what's now- great is that the Warlords of New York, you, if you would have originally bought it, you were just playing actually the first half because there's a huge twist as to who the scumbag is, and you wouldn't believe it. it, it it's going to blow your mind, especially wow. if you're a fan of the original. You're going to be like, how did this happen? And yes, uh, one okay, of, one so of did Warlords of New York end up on a cliffhanger? That's what's going on? Is that what you're saying? It it did. Yeah, it did. Oh, Christ. So basically this new whatever content they're coming out later this year would most likely resolve the no no the new content or... that 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 sews that up is available it, it's currently available what? that was that was the late that was the last update the new stuff we don't know what that's going to be oh man that's awesome see like that's amazing to me now my only thing is this only thing my only thing i'm gonna well i'm not so much anymore i'm concentrating more on quality versus quantity i was gunning for um i was gunning for you know achievements okay achievement score whatever else i'm close i'm close i just i think i'm just around four hundred thousand now or just under four hundred thousand but the thing is yeah yeah i'm getting there i'm getting there i'm no randall thor like let's not get crazier that stallion guy with three you got got more than me i'm I'm just about to break three hundred thousand and i thought i was an og yeah well you know the thing is though i'm i'm I want these like DLCs and all these expansions and stuff. Add more achievements because then you'll get more people in there. I mean, I know they have like 450 new achievement points that are put on there. It's not enough. Give me a thousand. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, what really bothers me too. I'm just going to get on this quick. The cold war. They add the zombies, the fire Z map dying to play it. No achievements. And I'm like, I have no motivation. I know it sounds really petty. No, no, no. no, like, no. I don't give think it's me a all. reason to play when you're an achievement or trophy hunter. I'm also a trophy hunter. I do not stop playing a PlayStation game until I get that platinum. That's the way it goes. So, but anyways, I will stop rambling. I'm just saying I'm super excited for division two and what they got coming for the future. Well, you know, and we are going to be very, uh, very, very surprised. Clowns, let's get your opinion on the Division 2. Not sure if you're a fan or not, but we do have confirmation that uh, due to popular demand, due to the community screaming for more content, they have answered the call. And they have answered the call while taking on an open world Star Wars game that they're early in development uh, in. And we do know that uh, the Division 2 is going to receive content for the next two years. So they're running this game side by side. That's a big deal. What 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 are, you, what are your thoughts on the um the sixty fps, the uh, added upgrades for the graphics, making it next gen, and the support for the game? You know, I gotta say this, man. I think that Ubisoft has done the fans a great service by doing this. The game is gonna live longer. It's almost like a games as a service, right? Because they're doing two more years of content. They originally were gonna stop with Title Twelve update. And all of a sudden, they release a 60 frames per second mode, and everybody's back on it. Everybody wants more content, and Ubisoft is there to deliver just what you want. This is fantastic. And even the Warlords in New York, like Mag said earlier, I think is like $8.99 right now. So this is this is the best time to get into the Division 2 if you haven't yet. There are so many people playing this game constantly on my friends list. I have like 
about 10 different friends to jump in any time I'm on Division 2. There's like so many people. It's boom. This is like the best thing that we've seen. And I hope other companies in the future take a look at this and said, you know what? Ubisoft took an existing game and made it last a lot longer than it should have. Maybe we should all try this approach and add DLC. And maybe that instead of just making new games and hiking up prices, we'll just make DLC and make people happy and people will buy it and not complain. So this yeah. is a great example. Well, what's interesting, and I think really what stands out, is these upgrades are free. And they're coming to games that you may or may not have uh, played. And if you have next-gen hardware, i.e. the PlayStation 5 or Series X and S, why not go out and pick up a Division 2, which at some point or another, I think it's going to work its way into Game Pass. There's no, I, I think it's one of those games. I mean, we're still waiting for the announcement of Ubisoft uh, Plus coming to uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers, which I think is going to be happening soon. But again, that, that's, that's for another day. Uh, you know, Everborn Saga, I want to grab your opinion on this because, quite frankly, you have been tweeting about this. You've been talking about this in the DM. Where does the Division 2... Um, uh, you know, for you, the, the free upgrades, the 60 FPS, and, and, and more importantly, I think that the real crux of the story is the continued support for free. Everborn, are you there? Huh? I don't think he can hear us. Say him to the screen. Oh, he dropped out. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. He did drop <laughs> out. Okay, so Cybernox, why don't yeah. you take that question, brother? What where where for you does the division two because I know you're there's no you're you're a huge Destiny fan, so there's no doubt yeah. about that. Where do you fall for the division two uh getting the uh two more years of free support? See that that I think is the key. Next gen free support. That is Mm -hmm. unbelievable where where does that sit for you man i love it uh i was a big fan of the division one i thought it was a really fun game that's it's like the perfect co-op game for you to just you know you get on a party with your friends and literally just shoot the shit and you're talking you're having fun and then you're just playing this pretty amazing shooter third person shooter i really enjoyed the first one now when you were talking about stats i actually got a little upset because i was trying to go you know on my xbox to see how many hours i have on the division two they have a stats column but there's no stats i hate that like what are we doing come on don't tease me like that but um anyways i think uh clowns hit on a specific <clears throat> a really amazing point which is Ubisoft has been killing it on delivering games and yeah. also delivering next gen up updates. About uh, AC Valhalla has one. Um, uh, what's Immortal Phoenix is also. Uh, does that does that have a next gen update? Now the division, you know, like they're consistently optimizing their games here for next gen. I really like that. Um, I the division two. Let me tell you. I, me and my uncle, man, we put so many hours into that game. He actually wants to replay it now that it's 60 frames, and I'm all about it. I think it's a tremendous uh, fan service, uh, what they're doing, just, you know, consistently updating, optimizing, giving the fans, uh, doing fan service here, just giving us more DLC, more content, so this game can have a longer longevity. Uh, longevity it was released um only in 2019 so this game came like when it first released there was a big hype on on it but if it, it dropped really fast as well 
Um, I remember a lot of people played it for a couple of months and then literally like you could not find anyone, you know, on the division too. But um, uh, another aspect of um, uh, of the division two that I really like is the multiplayer, the player versus player. I really enjoyed the modes that they have there. You know, it's a four v four. It's your squad versus their squad. There's they have a couple of different modes, and it's it's a really fun time. It's a really fun time, and also it tells you what these consoles can actually do for these older games. You know, it, it can you uh just by optimizing them, just up optimizing the frame rate to 60 frames, it makes it feel like a completely new game. And for for anyone who hasn't tried the division two yet, they're in for a treatment. And for those who've been contemplating on going back, I'm sure you're gonna enjoy yourselves a little bit more this time around. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people are going to be in for a lot of surprise, especially, again, if you are a fan of the series and you've been playing since the original, uh, I don't want to give it away. But because, again, of course, no spoilers, because obviously Mag hasn't hasn't played uh, Warlords of New York. The turn at the end of that game is shocking, especially Mm -hmm. considering where it's coming from. And the fact that that person is now uh, at the center of the uh, of the manhunt. Uh, where you have to you have to get enough intel to find her because that's who it is. Uh, you, you're gonna you're gonna you, you're gonna want it because you're you're so. I walked away so pissed. I was like, I I can't believe this happened. What were they thinking? And now you're like literally replaying a lot of um. Uh, well, you're not replaying. There's a there's a lot of new stuff added in this update, and like I said, you're going to be looking for evidence to find out exactly where this said character is, and you're going to go hunting for her. So, it's definitely something you should look into. Uh, Everborn, let's get your opinion on this. You have been tweeting about this, talking about this in the DM. Where does Division Two land for you, and are you excited to hear that Ubisoft isn't abandoning the millions of fans like some other co- companies have? See, I'm glad you brought up the like some other companies because I, I tried to cough earlier and say Anthem, but I was on mute, right? Like, I think that this is how you can get people excited about uh, your older games again. Because sometimes, like right now, we're sort of in a lull. And I know what people like to say it's just Xbox, but it's both PlayStation and Xbox that right now, like after whatever the launch titles were, it's a little bit dry, especially if you already finished the medium. So um, I think that I'd like to see more uh, games do these kind of like no joke, uh, large updates like this to take advantage of it. Because, you know, I'm like Logan, I I haven't played the division two. I I played part one and I watched the the little uh, mini series thing they had on Amazon. I was super into the story back then. but part two, like I'm considering like dropping everything I'm playing now and just playing the division two just from scratch. And, and to me, it's going to be sort of a, 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 a brand new game. Like I'm just I'm looking at it and it's it looks really good. So, I mean, I, personally, I'm, I'm super excited about it and I'd like to see uh, more uh, publishers do things like this. Right. You can support it r- right now. We're in a time where people will pick these games up. And this is why, you know, my old mantra, like I don't, I hate the idea when people say old games, right? Like if you haven't played it yet, that that game is sort of new to you. So I'm super excited to hop back into this or hop into it for the first time. 
I don't want any other developer doing stuff like this, man. My backlog <laughs> is big enough. My backlog is big oh, enough, man. Wait, what, one, one other thing. Uh, Tempest, Jesus. I, I know you said you don't like... Um... I'm just kidding, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but 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 Tempest, I know you said that you don't like um, characters that don't speak. How do you feel about Link? He he might have stepped away for a second. Okay. I, but I don't know. I, yeah, but like I, I'm I'm totally okay with characters that don't speak because you know I, I grew up on Zelda, right? So like I'm yeah. I mean, I, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you that that doesn't bug me as much as. Um, you know, some other things personally, I, I get invested in the story and, you know, no speaking characters. Sure. I, I guess every character you would love to be to you know, to be, you know, to speak and, you know, and, and kind of move the story along for me, it, it, to me, it doesn't matter one way or another. Um, one, but one question though. Yes. Do I, do I need to have finished the first division before I hop into part two? Ooh. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I, 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 I mean, would recommend it. I would re- me me too. I, I would recommend finishing the division one uh, before you play. You pick up two only because it does continue the story. It's just a different location, but the there are some key aspects to who you're going after that kind of move the story along in two. Okay, yeah, I think I got like halfway through the first one, so I might have to run through that. Uh, now, my next question is: Would you recommend? dropping the medium to jump over to the division is it that good it, i well listen I, I i look i'll put it to this way folks I, I haven't beat the medium yet i i didn't drop it i just got into i what what started out as me recording video for this the each show that i'm doing and now i do four live shows so you got to understand i gotta i gotta find time to write i gotta find time to produce i gotta find time to play games I, I didn't pick the medium back up to play the division two. Quite frankly, I am just a back addicted to the division two, and nothing else really matters. <laughs> no, it's, hey, listen, it's you... two different two different styles of game, man. Uh, the division is you know that that third person shooter, fast paced at times. You're going around an open world. Uh, my recommend. Uh, how far are you into the medium? I'm like two hours into the medium. Two yeah, hours started. Yeah, yeah. the medium in like three days, even if you take yeah. only a couple hours a day. So just I would rip yeah. right through it and you'll be done in no time. Like eight to ten hours. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm a I'm a serial game starter, but not finisher. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so many games. The, the 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 last game that I like really sunk my teeth into was was Cyberpunk and and I'm, tr- I'm, you know, but but the medium. W- okay, let's not get into my my serial <laughs> um, non-game finisher habits. But uh, let, let, let's go because I it's gonna yeah, turn let, into well, a therapy session. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll definitely talk on the back end of the show. But listen, let let, let me thank two people real quick for uh, first of all, Black Eye Dog, good friend and generous friend of the show. He drops the first super chat of the evening with a five dollar super sticker, and we had another one come in right after him. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on just a second. Oh, my God. This chat, sometimes it just moves so quick. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Lots to talk about RDNA 3 and die. Yeah. yeah. Don't, 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 don't do that, please. Uh, RDNA 3 does not exist. Okay. Uh, Chaos, Chaos Might, a good friend of the show. He drops an outstanding $5. Who Jen says, even Blizzard isn't updating Overwatch while making Overwatch 2. In fact, they even delayed 
Overwatch 2. Yeah, I mean, listen, there are very few companies that uh, continue support. And I want to segue into one of the bigger topics of the evening, and that is the Star Wars open world game by the same team, by Massive Entertainment, using the Snowdrop engine that you see running in front of you. And the question that we're going to be asking, uh, not only the chat, but more importantly, the panel right here in front of us, is exactly what are we expecting? Now, look, here's the thing. Star Wars uh, is uh, on the rebound from three very mediocre and two terrible final films of uh, uh, a trilogy. Uh, I liked Episode 7 quite a lot. I absolutely loathed Episode 8. I just could i barely could finish episode nine it was so awesome i'm awesome so awful um, <laughs> awesomely bad yeah awesomely bad I, I horses or horse things running on uh, on the star destroyer just not for me man you know what i'm saying i just think that they just they just really um took that beloved franchise and just shot it down the shitter pardon my french uh, and of course, thanks to Dave Filoni and uh, and um, and his partner um, John Favreau. John Favreau. They basically single-handedly, at least in my opinion, saved Star Wars. Now it has been quite a long time in scope since we had back-to-back -back really good Star Wars games. Now, obviously, Jedi Fallen Order is in itself. Uh, a masterpiece uh, that is by Respawn Entertainment, uh, and it was uh, we do we do expect a sequel. But when you when you turn around and tell me, as someone who has really, for at least for me, put Ubisoft in the highest pedestal for me, uh, and knowing that they have they are now uh, going to in the early workings of an open world Star Wars game by the same team that brought us to Division 1 and 2. Now I start to get excited because now I we, we don't know where this is going to go. Logan Meyer, I, I want to go to you because you are our special guest. For when you when what for, the big question is what are you expecting from massive entertainment to bring to the Star Wars universe because there are a lot of folks that got nervous with this. You know, there, there are a lot of things to really like about Ubisoft. And for others, not me particularly, because I like the open up the map, a lot of things to do. Let me go, you know, go to this tower, go to that tower. I, I enjoy all of that. Maybe it's my AD, my undetected ADD. I don't know. But I enjoy the formula. But they're saying that this is going to be an open-world Star Wars game unlike we've ever seen before. So what what are you personally expecting them to deliver potentially in the next two, a year or two? Well, I'm not sure um, what to personally expect, but I just going off a hunch I, through their expertise with the Division, they're obviously really good at shooters and multiplayer and factions and mechanics of that nature – to me, they seem like they'd be a logical fit for a Mandalorian-type game or a game set during like the Galactic Civil War where you have to unite factions to overthrow the Empire or you're a, a bounty hunter and you have to join other guilds and compete and collaborate on big 
hunts. So to me, that seems like the kind of thing that they could do. Of course, it could be just completely blow our minds and be something unexpected. Like if someone had told me Playground Games was going to make Fable when they're a racing studio, I would have been like, what are you what are you thinking? So, I mean, it could be completely outside their wheelhouse, but based on their experience, that seems like a a good idea to me. You know what? I, I like I like what you're putting down. Um, a Mandalorian esque type of game, uh, with a you know with different weapon you know with different weapons you can find. I, I don't know if it's going to be a looter shooter, um, but I would love a story driven open world game with lots of NPCs, uh, partic- uh, particularly uh, big big you know big mission set pieces like we know that Assassin's Creed, for instance, has brought to the table in the past. Um, because it's going to be, uh, in star Wars, I'm wondering whether or not we are going to, uh, have the ability to pick whether or not we are a Jedi or, or, or we are, or, you know, or, you know, race, uh, is good is obviously, you know, are you going to be a human? Are you going to be, uh, you know, what race can you pick? It, it's going to be very interesting, but I think that we're going to be, um, politely surprised. I have good faith in what they're going to bring to the table, um, but you know what? Let, let's bring Tempest Sun into the conversation. But Tempest, before we get to you, brother, let's uh, let me thank a couple of people. First of all, CYV Studios drops an outstanding two dollars super chat and says, "Just saying hello." Well, hello, dude. Thank you, and well, and welcome to the program, Nightwolf thirty one eighty six, a generous friend of the show. He drops an outstanding five dollars super chat and says, "Customization is what I cover. I I cover the most in a story based game. So let me customize my jetty's jet." I slash smuggler and customize my ship and or crew have fun guys dude that is a great point um and cyv studios drops another outstanding two dollar super chat and says i tried the division and couldn't get into it that dude listen not every game is for every gamer but tempest as a resident star wars fan um, there, there is a tremendous amount of potential for what they can bring to the table. And I would love the idea that everyone's Star Wars game is somewhat going to be different based on potentially the class and race that you put, you pick. Where, where do you fall on this? Where I fall on this is they already have the template for them. I I mean this. I truly mean this. Take the gameplay of the division, uh, put a Star Wars f- flavor to it. But they already did this with the Old Republic, the MMO on PC. I, I highly doubt you played it, uh, Boom, because uh, I just know you, you don't. No, you know, you no don't I never PC did. Game. So that game, there was four classes uh, per faction. Each class um, was voiced, male and female. And the story was really, really good. Like every class had an interesting take on what was going on on the story. And um, some of them, some of the different classes had kind of like intersectional like pieces where you saw that this class did this, this class did that. Like spoiler alert, but you know, in the original game, like the Jedi Knight, the most like basic Jedi you could pick. He killed the Emperor, right? That was you that did that. But in like the trooper uh, or the commando, if you will, you know, his or her story, you you know, you hear about the Emperor getting taken out by a Jedi Knight. You know, that type of thing. It was really cool. Depending on what race you pick, there were some different dialogue choices. I'm not saying that massive entertainment should just go ahead and make a 
Bioware game <laughs> because they don't do that, right? But at least like RPG light, like when they call the Division Two a J, like not a JRPG board, but just a, a an RPG, it really is just a looter shooter to me because there is almost no role playing whatsoever. I mean, I, you could say like, yeah, you're an agent in New York, but like I don't feel like that. I feel like just a guy or a girl running around with a gun, and I see numbers popping out of people's skulls. Right? That's just kind of how I feel. I don't feel like there's any actual role playing going on. Like I said, people talk at me. You know, there's no conversation. There's no deeper meaning to anything like that. At least to me, the best like storytelling was the environmental storytelling had nothing to do with the characters. To me, it was the, uh, the echoes that you could find in the city. Those told the best story to me. Right. So I think um, I'm not asking for a Bioware game here, but in the star Wars aspect, I think, they have it laid out in front of them. The old Republic was fantastic. And, and people, there's a lot of people that don't play MMOs. They played the whole thing and, and experienced all the storylines because there was, it was a Bioware game at, at its heart. And, uh, you know, you had companions and everything else like that. Um, and uh, each class had a very different, you know, take on the story, if you will. They could do the same thing here. Um, so I don't know. I think they could take inspiration, at least inspiration from that because it worked so perfectly. And just put a the gameplay wise, you could just do looter, looter shooter stuff. I don't see anything wrong with that. I also don't see anything wrong with a Star Wars game playing a lot like the Division. The bullet mechanics would be different because there's no bullets. You would have some travel time to your lasers and stuff like that. But um, you know, I think uh, even Battlefront's proven that you can have pretty good gun mechanics in a Star Wars game. Um, I honestly don't think you're going to hold a lightsaber in this game coming out. Uh, Cause I don't, that's not, like I said, that's not what massive entertainment does. I don't think you're going to do that. I think you're going to be like a smuggler or like a trooper, if you will. Um, the next question is what time frame? I would personally love like the old Republic. I would love that time frame. Or I guess now the new one's the high Republic, high Republic. Yeah. I don't know much about that, to be honest with you. I almost know next to nothing in it. Um, but I guess that's the new up and coming one that people are kind of freaking out about. Um, but I would like uh, a slightly different time frame. Uh, the Old Republic was, like I said, <laughs> the Old Republic, the game, that time frame and what was going on was awesome. I mean, it was only like some years after the KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, so it was very like similar to that. I don't know. It was fantastic, man. And um, you, the, it had much more of like a, an awesome Imperial versus Republic take on it. Uh, you had your troopers, and on the Imperial side, you had, uh, I guess, like bounty hunters and stuff like that, right? I don't know. It'd be cool. Um, I don't I don't think they should do the current movie timeline. Oh, I God, think I, no, please. Yeah, everybody's had their fill of it. I, at least most people have had their fill of it. I think the – I know some people like them, and that's fantastic, but the – the, the new trilogy, dude, like the third movie wasn't just like a bad Star Wars movie. It was a terrible movie. I could barely finish it. And yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, I absolutely have seen his. That's the thing that's weird. I have seen every Star Wars film and I'm, I'm really dating myself here, folks. I'm 50. So mm-hmm. I can say with, uh, with full confidence that I am not ashamed to say that I saw Star Wars, the original in the, in the theater with my parents. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was awesome. I have seen every film for the whole ideology of seeing a Star Wars film in uh, in the theater. That that is what you. I could not bring myself to waste my money. I didn't even buy it. I rented yeah. it 
both both my wife and I, Mrs. Boomstick, she's a huge movie buff. We were looking at each other halfway through the film, like, should we even finish this? Yeah, <laughs> it was that bad. It was that bad. The, the last thing I want to say, they're saying an open world game. I want them to get outside their comfort zone. We've had – it's definitely open world, but it's always been slightly tight corridors. There's always been broken down cars in the way, you name it. But where I'm going with this is I would like to see an open, open world, more on the lines of like a Far Cry, something like that. Yeah. Give us vehicles. Let us, let us have speeder bikes and stuff like that that you can customize and have fun with. More on the lines, of, I guess, of like Destiny, but this is Star Wars, man. So, I mean, you could – I mean, you could ride around creatures. <laughs> you could have different types of bikes. I mean, it doesn't have to be limited to just like the little hover bikes you have in Destiny. But I'd love to see them tackle that, to be honest. I think that'd be cool. I mean, heck, go crazy with it. See if you can add flying in there. I don't know. <laughs> just make it well, interesting. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, that you that you could add jetpacks to the scenario. I mean, th- th- there, yeah. there's a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot that could be done. Uh, yeah. And uh, one of the things I think that they that uh, to your to your point that I think that they may want to incorporate, and I think they almost have to incorporate into the conversation, is a voiced character because yes, the thank story you. at the end of any Star Wars game. Look, look. Here's the thing: um, Je- Jedi Fallen Order is a perfect example of how you do a Star Wars game. Right, they, you know, you have a voice character, you have, uh, uh, you know, NPCs that are meaningful to the story. There's, mm-hmm. there's some really intelligent combat. There is some, um, you know, callbacks to old, uh, oldie but goodie Star Wars, um, you know, Easter mm-hmm. eggs to appreciate. But at the end of the day, the key was the story, and I think that that is going to be the biggest thing because the division has a story. Uh, and you do understand that story if you care to understand it. Right. You really sometimes have to go digging for some of the omniance of it all. Right. Um, you shouldn't have to do that for Star Wars. And I hope yeah. that they don't do that. No, I agree. Like, I'm, I'm glad you agree about the voice character thing. That sounds like such a weird pet peeve, but for no, me I'm not personally, that for everything, but for yeah. a Star Wars game, that would that might bug me. Right, right. Yeah, I just think it's essential, and I, I don't think it's a tall ask. I mean, you got you got male, female, just give us two different voices, and we're done. That's all yeah. they need to do. It's not, you know, I don't think it's the end of the world. So. No, no, I, I absolutely agree. You know, let, let, let's bring into the conversation one of the biggest Star Wars fans on the panel, Mag. When you hear... See, and again, I, the, the whole show, just FYI, normally I, I run through different types of gameplay. I, I have two, two I have like six hours worth of gameplay uh, uh, recorded. Uh, we're going to be watching the vision because obviously the crux of the conversation is going to be massive entertainment. They're taking up at least half of the show for sure. So just, w- w- with the division running in front of you, and mind you, this is, this is an old game with updated graphics. What we're going to get in the Star Wars game in the next two years or so is going to be dedicated to run on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S. They're going to take advantage of all of the bells and whistles. For you, what Mm -hmm. do you want massive entertainment to deliver on the Star Wars game that's being promised and projected as an open-world Star Wars game? Well, first of all, they couldn't have picked a better company to do this. And... I think that what 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 they see clearly Disney sees that what these guys can do and now in terms of what I said a little bit earlier about the division 2 for example talking about how they're able to have an open world game 
have a looter shooter style game and still be able to weave a narrative in there to keep it interesting and engaging. And that's what I think it absolutely necessary with Star Wars. Tempest talked about it too. You talked about it already about the fact that Star Wars, the one thing about Star Wars, it's not all about the pew pews and the explosions and lightsabers. It is to a certain extent and they're exciting to watch, but damn it, it's got to be the story. You know, the story, it really is, a just like George Lucas said all those years ago, it's supposed to be a space opera. That's the idea. And what like like a soap opera, like you, you're just engaged into the story. So they're going to have to weave a story in there and it has to be engaging. Now, the challenges that I see with this game is that what are they going to do? Like you can't use a, a legacy character. You can't. I don't think so anyway. It has then, to be a new character, but I think exactly. more importantly, I think I think what sh what should set this apart from any Star Wars game before it is that the story being told is the character you create. You tell the story. I think that's super important. Right. I, I agreed 100%. Now, the thing is, you like I said, again, you cannot bring a legacy character in there. You cannot even bring Mandalorian in there. Because then all it does is that it just adds money. It just muddies the water. Okay. Because they're trying to tell a story on Disney plus, And then eventually maybe in the movie theaters at, at some point in the future, um, or maybe everything's going to go to Disney plus who knows. But the point is they're trying to tell their story and it is impactful and it's good. I think by introducing any of those characters into an open world game, you're going to muddy those waters and it's going to cause confusion. What's canon? What's not canon? You know what I'm saying? So stay away from the legacy characters. Just like you said, it's got to be an original character. Now, next thing, and this is something that Tempest kind of touched on about the lightsaber situation. We all know, you know, our favorite thing in any Star Wars is the lightsaber. Let's face it. I mean, it's the coolest weapon ever made. So what do you do? Are you going to go gun style? Are you going to go blaster style? Like, for example, Battlefront or The Division, that kind of thing? Like, is it going to be a third-person shooter? I hope there's multi a multitude of classes, and, I, and, and I'm hoping. And I'm hoping right. that yeah, they, they, they do allow you. See, again, this is, this is where we get into what what is Ubisoft willing to do to make this your story? I don't think it should be a smuggler only or a trooper. If you want to be a Jedi or you you know you should be a Jedi. And if you want to use a lightsaber for 99.9% .9 of the time because you love them, then you should use that. Yeah, so you'd be like a melee guy. Yes, you know, I agree. You, you know you have your 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 Jedi would be your melee you know, then obviously you have like your troopers or your whatever, your scoundrels and that kind of thing. They're the blaster dudes and, you know, bounty hunters with, you know, big uh, light machine guns, that kind of well, might light machine gun blasters, whatever. You, you, you get what I'm saying. So you make these different classes that would work. Now, in terms of the structure of the game, this is something that I was thinking about is that, you know, what's, you know, imitation is honestly one of the best compliments that you can get. Right. So, I mean, why not try to fashion it? Maybe not as deep in story because I don't I don't know how deep this game is going to be. I have no idea. But but based on what I've seen in the division, which does have an excellent story, it's nowhere near your Mass Effect. But how about if you design it like a Mass Effect where you can go from planet to planet and then you could do different things? So not just an open world, like just a map and like, OK, we're on this planet. Here's the map, you know, like Witcher or something like that. Right. Or any or anything. Grand Theft Auto, whatever. 
But how about having the ability to go from planet to planet? Maybe not have as many missions on each planet. You know what I mean? So you go to this planet, you go do this, and then you're able to upgrade your gear, your weapons, your whatever. And then they have other planets kind of also like Destiny where, you know, you have to be level whatever, level 40 in order to go to this planet and on and on and on. And that's something that I could see that would work. And I mean, it's Star Wars after all. I mean, everybody's got a ship, right? You got your ship, you fly around, you go hyperspace. That'd be kind of fun. I would enjoy that too. So why not? I mean, that's an option too, but they got to be careful because like I said, you got to, you, you don't want to muddy the waters with the narrative of what they're trying to rebuild. As I like to say in the star Wars universe, which is, uh, you know, what, what Filoni and Favreau are doing right now, trying to rebuild the whole franchise from whatever the hell that last situation was in the theaters. <laughs> right. But at the same time, they're also trying to build these games out. And you don't want people coming out there going, ah, it's just a Mass Effect ripoff. You don't want that. Or you don't want it's like, it's literally just a Star Wars skin on the division. And I've seen people say that already. As soon as they announced that Massive Entertainment was doing it, they're like, oh, they're just going to reskin it. And I'm like, I don't think they will. They're going to have to add something different to this. Locales, and that's what I was saying about the planets. you got to add the locales. Have your jungle planets. Have your desert planets. Have your ice planets of like Hoth and whatever else. Have your Endors. It doesn't have to be those planets, but I'm saying those style of planets. So you're getting all these different things, exotic locations. That's what Star Wars is all about. How exciting is it, Boom? You know this, just as I, I've seen all the ones in the... Well, I'm just a few years younger than you. So the first one I saw in the theater was Empire Strikes Back. But what was half of the excitement of those movies was not just the characters and the story. It was also, ooh, they're going to a new planet. I wonder yeah. what the shtick is there. Yeah. And they and they continue that with each film, even the prequels. You know, they get to Camino and all of a sudden it's all the water planet. I'm like, wow, that is badass. And they got those, they got those skinny guys riding the whales. I mean, that was hilarious. I love that. So, and then like each planet can have all these different things. And then of course that affects the gameplay, right? You don't want to go to the desert planet, you know, wearing your winter armor. It's ridiculous. So you want to wear something that's more appropriate to like where you're going and stuff like that, right? Damn it. I should be writing this game. Anyway, the point is, I think that that's what they should do. Whatever they're going to do though, I'm going to support it hundred percent. Cause I love that company. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be bringing some serious oomph to the uh, to the conversation. I cannot wait to see what they bring to the table. Clowns, are you there, sir? Yes. No, clowns is not there. Clowns, I'm is here. Up. Okay, I'm clowns. Here. What what, I... what do you what do you expect uh, as someone who enjoys Star Wars from many aspects, whether that be through the toys, whether the comics, the video games? What are you expecting? Um, uh, you know, the division makers massive entertainment to bring to the table in their open world star wars game you know i am not sure because it's you know the whole universe of star wars is so big so what are they going to cover in star wars and how many planets are they going to cover is going to be one planet is it going to be multiple is there going to be you know there's just so many opportunities for them to do something good with this and i got my expectations already set pretty high so i hope i don't get disappointed um but i am excited because i do like the way that the division has been done and the way that ubisoft has done their other open world games like uh, ghost recon wildlands i really like the the open atmosphere to the missions where you can pick and choose what you're going to do areas to cover to unlock unlock the map um all that kind of stuff take back certain things so there's a lot of potential here i just hope that they utilize it properly 
And the other curious factor is, I don't know, have they said if you're going to play as any specific characters yet, no, if it's going to be they, like they, rebels they, or no, they haven't, they haven't said anything that that's, what's interesting. So I know it's early in development, but I hope, and I hope somebody from Ubisoft, I hope you're listening to the show right now, because I have an idea for you that would make you a ton of money and make fans happy. Okay. How about you have two sides of the game? One, you could choose the rebels and the other, you could choose like Imperials and be like stormtroopers. Because if I could be a stormtrooper and wreak havoc in this world, I will buy every single DLC in this game. Every hey, single just, DLC. Sorry, clowns. Just one thing: if you were a stormtrooper, you wouldn't be able to shoot anything. You, you, you do understand <laughs> that. Wait, what? What? They can't shoot nothing, bro. They can't hit the sun. game is weak. <laughs> You mean I'd miss a lot? Is that you what you would mean? Miss. You'd miss all your oh, stuff. Yeah. Yes. Would would I hit my head? Would I hit my head on the stairs? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> sorry, sorry. All Star Wars. That's that's all right. That's all right. But that, I mean, that's what I wish I could. You know, that's what I want to go into the Star Wars universe as. I want to go in at. You know, I think maybe the Imperials were the good guys all along, trying to bring back order to the galaxy. Boom. You know. Well, I, I I would I would beg to differ, but you know what? The, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, clowns. It, 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 I, I'm very interested to see where they go with this. Uh, I don't think we're going to get a division, you know, skinned Star Wars game. I think they they've heard the, the complaints already. I think they're going to over deliver. Under promise, over deliver is the best way to go. Uh, real quick, stamps sixteen forty six drops an outstanding. $10 super chat and says, much love to you guys. Thank you for the content. Well, much love to you, my friend. Thank you for being here and, of course, supporting Double Barrel Gaming with the super chat. Definitely appreciate that. Everborn Saga, what, what for you personally, there, this is a tall order. There, there's no doubt about it. But I think if there's one developer that I trust to deliver on the promise of an open-world Star Wars game unlike anything we've ever played. It's Ubisoft because, quite frankly, they know how to, to deliver big AAA experiences. What are you, what are you expecting from this, uh, from you, massive entertainment? Okay, I know everybody's poo-pooing the idea of reskinning the Division, but I feel like I'm in the camp where I'd like that. Obviously, you're going to have story points. Obviously, it's not going to be like a virus that takes over, you know, um, New York City, right? Like it's gonna, it, it'll, they'll retrofit it to the story, but these play mechanics that we're watching on screen right now, you slap a Star Wars skin on, skin on that with Star Wars locales. And I don't even know if I need like a new character. What if you did like a, a, a game where you were Cassian Andor? Maybe, that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's, it's, and I, I also don't, like uh, clowns, I, I do think that that was a very good idea. Um, I always wish they did that with the movies. Like I'd like a trilogy of Star Wars movies that sort of focused on the Sith or the or just the dark side in general, and and show you that side of the coin because you know it, it's all supposed to be like um, a balance, but they never show you they've never showed you that in the movies. It's always like the Jedi's are right. I'd like to see some uh, some Star Wars stories, whether it's on the big screen, if those ever come back, or or through an interactive game where they sort of showed you some 
I don't want to say positive sides of the dark side of the force, but an empathetic view of the dark side of the force, right? Because they've, they've never really done that. And it's always been uh, super um, cut and dry, good versus evil, which, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, I think, I think Star Wars is deeper than that. Now, um, I, I'm, I'm going to like play whatever it is, but, but, um, I don't mind if they even like, it doesn't need to be old Republic. And I think there's things they could even do within the framework of the new trilogy. I know everyone hates that, but I, what I wonder about the new trilogy is will it age and grow on people the way the prequels did? Because I was around when the prequels came out and Jar Jar Binks and everybody hated that. And now I guess the new ones are so bad that like people are coming to coming around on 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 the uh, prequel trilogy. So I, I think like uh, it's kind of fog of war right now as far as the the new movies. I hated them and I, I go back and forth about which one I hated worse, episode eight or episode nine. But that's the way I felt about um, episode one through three. So I, I wonder if that will change. And I think that uh, JJ gave us good bones in episode seven. So we, we could, they could show us something um, with the, with the stormtroopers and how they would like pick up orphan kids and throw them in and then train them. You know what I mean? I, I, that's what I kind of really liked about what, what, when they brought in um, Finn in, in episode seven. So if you, if you not, I don't need a game with Finn, but something that's focusing on who is, who are they recruiting to be stormtroopers? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly interesting, but I, I'm, I'm hoping for a new experience that we, that we have new characters, a new, uh, you know, even a potential era, because I, I, I think this needs to stand on its own legs. Like, I, th I think that, you know, this game coming out after the Mandalorian season two obviously is a good thing. We have a lot of Star Wars coming from Disney Plus. Thankfully, we don't have any movies planned anytime soon. And I'm happy to know that right now, uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are, are are really just laying the groundwork to for for all of us to forget some of the heinous crimes known as episode eight and nine, and the uh, further we get away from that, uh, and, and and to be honest with you, the further we get away from anything of the original saga, I think it's better for the series. I one hundred percent agree. And boom, do you want to feel old really quick? Sure. Um, um, the Phantom Menace is now as old as A New Hope was when The Phantom Menace came out. I wow. Think. Wow. That, yeah. And, <laughs> Which is kind of scary. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, well, you know, the sucks getting old. What are you going to do? Um, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what are you going to do? But l l l let's get Cybernox final point on this. We can move on to one of the other big topics of the evening. Cybernox, for you, you know, seeing what the, the Massive Entertainment has done with the Division One and Two, uh, that they have the chops to deliver. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, what are you expecting from this new open world Star Wars game? Um, I was in that camp that I thought that this could have could have 
potentially have been a reskin of the division. And that was what was originally worrying me because Activision, uh, Activision, Ubisoft has, uh, has set themselves, has set themselves a blueprint that they use pretty much throughout their whole games now. Right. And uh, in a way that they'll be kind of cool in a Star Wars games, uh, in a Star Wars game. But um, I, I want to see, you, you know, they have um, all these other Star Wars games that they can kind of pick and choose kind of what they want to use. You know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, something similar to what they did in uh, Jedi Fallen Order, but where you can go to different air, different planets and then within that planet, it's a whole new, you know, different atmosphere, different world, open world where you have, you know, different criteria. You could do different things, all different raids, something something similar to like to to what the division is. Um, I I will say that uh, um, I pretty much what, what everyone has said here. The story is extremely important on this, and um, if they if they can nail the story, I think everyone will be happy but I, I agree with all of you a new character is essential if they intro if they go ahead and use already beloved character or a character that someone knows it could potentially you know just start drawing so many comparisons left and right and with like i said with jedi fallen order they've shown that you can introduce a new character and you know and it can work and it can, you can tell a pretty pretty amazing story uh sometimes star wars uh they they uh it's such a massive world it's such a large scale you know universe and they make it feel so small so why not expand the stories exp expand locations and give us something new that that's pretty much what i want you know just give us something new um hopefully uh you know they i, I think they'll get it right but hopefully they'll they'll deliver in that sense but well, I don't want to yeah. just repeat what every what everybody has been saying, you know. So uh, it's pretty much I agree with what uh, what you said, uh, boom, about the new characters. You know, the story has to be on a point, kind of like what everyone alluded to. And uh, yeah, I, I think on th in this game, I don't think we'll be uh, wielding any lightsabers. I think it would just be uh, something like a bounty hunter or something in that that nature. No, well, I mean, listen, we, we don't know. Obviously, they're, they're, the mum's a word right now. It's in early development. Uh, we do have confirmation that um, Lucasfilm Games, the newly, uh, the, the, uh, the renamed Lucasfilm Games, has been working with Ubisoft behind the scenes for just under a year. Uh, and they're in pre-production as we speak. Uh, obviously, they have uh, been going back and forth with one another to, you know, to to lay the groundwork on what this open-world Star Wars going to be uh, game is going to be. How big is it going to be? Well, that's a great question. Um, and I and I do agree uh, that I, I believe it was everyone that uh, maybe not maybe, maybe it was you, Cybernox, that said that they, unfortunately Star Wars makes the universe seem very small. At times where this is an opportunity to open up the world, the universe, the Star Wars universe. I mean, there's been so many. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's not canon, but there's still enough open world uh, uh, untold tales for Star mm -hmm. Wars that they could bring. I hope that's what they deliver. I really want them to start expanding 
on the universe. I would love to see 20 years past the original original saga. That's what I would like to say. Or I mean, I know that the Tempest Sun said he, he likes the uh, the old Republic and even the High Republic, which we don't really know much about because there's only one book. I don't know if I want to go back in time. I really want to go forward in time and see new characters. And, so, and, so, so boom. It, but isn't 20 years after the original saga very close to the 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 new saga right the, the rise of skywalker saga okay was that like 30 years i don't know i mean it, it depends on what tale you're telling i mean obviously i would I, maybe 20 years isn't enough maybe it's 100 years i i, I don't uh, know but I, yeah i'm in the 100 years or or a thousand years camp just yeah, get away from it completely so go as far in the future as kotor was in the past you know what i'm saying yeah, I mean, it's, listen, all I know is that we have a new Star Wars game coming from the team that made this game in front of you, and I honestly cannot wait. Uh, real quick, Stamps, 1646, drops an additional Super Chat. This one's interesting. It's 1313, and of course, I think he's talking about now the, the now-canceled Star Wars 1313 game that oh, was yeah. that looked totally dope. Uh, after dropping a 1313 uh, Super Chat, he says, I wonder if Massive Entertainment will add multiplayer to Star Wars. They have shown that they know how to make a multi make multiplayer work in their worlds. That's interesting. That is certainly very interesting. But again, no one really knows at this point. We have limited information. But I do want to move on to the next topic. Now, this topic, I didn't you spend a lot of time writing because, quite frankly, I think that, you know, the old adage that a picture is worth a thousand words is what we're going to be talking about next. Now, last week, Ninja Theory dropped a picture that they called uh, the uh, a lighting effects test for Senua Saga. And I want to bring that picture up for everyone to see. Now, this is what they dropped onto social media. It's one picture, folks. Uh, this is a game that sh was shown to us uh, running, but uh, as, as reported, on an Xbox Series X on the Game Awards of 2019. And since then, we haven't heard or seen much of this game. And this came out of nowhere. Now, if you look at this, they call this the lighting test, or the, you know, the you know, the, this is their their idea of lighting for the game. I can't tell you if this is an in-game still. I can't tell you if this is from the in-game uh, you know, cutscene. Um, but I am starting to believe that we are going to get something absolutely incredible and of course the old adage a picture is in fact worth worth a thousand words logan i i want to go to you first on this now look again we don't know when this game is coming we know that they're back at work doing mocap we know that they unfortunately like many many um entertainment aspects whether it be film video games or otherwise had to take time off due to covid um and now you know with all of the you know restrictions people are now getting back into the studios Th this game is going to be a big deal when it releases on the Xbox Series X, S, and PC. This is one of the big bads for Microsoft's 
uh, exclusive catalog. What are your takeaways? And more importantly, with the with the old adage of a picture's worth a thousand words, what does this say to you as someone looking forward to Senua Saga Hellblade 2? Well, first off, I want to say that Ninja Theory, when they were first acquired, I thought that was such a just huge, huge pickup for Xbox because they are such a... Um, they they punch so much above their weight. Like they have a they had a small team and they yep. made Hellblade, which was a triple A quality of independent game with not much funding and their mocap has been truly extraordinary. You have Hideo Kojima and others coming to take part and check it out and see their tech. You see Project Mara, the little brief teasers they've done for that. All their other projects. I know Bleeding Edge was not uh, set the world on fire, but it showed that a willingness to try something different. And they're very unique studios. So I totally believe that they are capable of making incredible things visually. My guess is this picture would be an in-game engine test or like a cutscene or CGI. Maybe it is a still from captured in gameplay. My guess is it's not, but... I, I wouldn't doubt anything Ninja Theory can do. And Hellblade 2, they haven't put all their eggs in that basket, but Hellblade 2 is definitely one of the single most important games for Xbox going forward to show that they can make a strong franchise outside of the big three and right. make it a long-tenured franchise. And especially in today's age where having a strong female character and lead is such a big deal and so important it they really need to get this one right and so i feel very confident in them and their abilities and i am um, i have complete faith that whatever it whenever it comes out it's it's gonna be mind-blowing yeah no i, I absolutely agree uh tempest sun let's grab your opinion on this look I've seen a lot of people <laughs> say that, oh, uh, Senua needs to wash her hair because it looks nappy. And that is pretty incredible <laughs> considering that this is a still and only yeah. one still from the game. For you, this is this is the ultimate tease. Like, I, I don't know how much longer we're going to have to wait for this game. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that we could potentially get this at the end of the year and even as uh, and 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 hoping for as late as maybe first quarter of 2022 though i'm hoping this is one of those surprise announcements that we, that they were closer to this game being done than we thought that they were even with the time off due to covid where do, where where do you fall on this screenshot tease yeah, I don't think they had a Pantene Pro V back then, so <clears throat> I think dreads were the way to go. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I, I don't. You know what, dude? Uh, graphics are the least of my worries with this game. It's gonna look out of this world. Uh, just thinking of what they did with about twenty people and like ten million dollars, they made one of the best looking games last gen. Period, bar none, and it was. By all accounts, just it was a small indie game, is what it was. Uh, so knowing that there's you know 40 or over 40 looking or 40 people working on this one with an unlimited budget, <laughs> it's kind of uh, I don't know. It's exciting. I can't wait to see what it looks like. I think this is real. 
if you play the game now on Xbox, it's got a plethora of graphics options, even for like a, a console game. Um, I, I think it's, uh, it's probably just something you'll be able to have on the game if you want your game looking highly stylized. I could see them putting this in here. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it'll be in there. And heck, I mean, you know, why not? It's a... I know they want to kind of ground it in like some gritty reality, but it's still like a fantasy game, you know, so why not play it like that? Um, I, I, the gameplay is where I'm questioning things. The combat was, uh, it got a little samey. It was a little bit, um, it was a little simple, if you will, uh, in the first one. And a large part of the game was actually just walking in creepy environments and uh, the puzzles. I hope they, nip the puzzles in the butt or at least give us variety in the puzzles. Um, but I just want to see gameplay. I mean, the trailer looked like she was raising an army. As a matter of fact, I think if you look at the lyrics for that song that they were playing in the background, I believe it was literally talking about raising an army. That's like what the lyrics were. Um, so I, I would love to see some decently large scale battles. They already teased us with like that giant rock monster or creature, dude, whatever the heck he was. Um, it looks like you're fighting some kind of cult is what it looks like. So tear into those guys, man, take an army and just, you know, fight. I, I know they're going to, they're going to incorporate the, the psychosis in there somehow. But I, I think since they've already done that and proven that they're so good at it and they, they prove their point, Right. I don't think they need to spend the whole game on the psychosis. I think they could just use it now to further enhance some moments uh, of her, of Sanua. But um, I don't think that that has to be the focus. I would love for them to make more of a sprawling adventure, if you will. I mean, they yeah, said, I agree. Yep, yeah, they, great they, point. they said that they were going to take her on an adventure through. Is it is it is it Iceland? I can't remember where they said I'm an idiot. I can't remember where they said it was going to happen, but uh, they said they were going to take him from like one point to the other. So that sounds like a sprawling adventure to me. So um, that's more or less what I want to see, um, especially because uh, game pass, I, I think that would hit much, much better having more of an actual adventure, if you will, like an action adventure um, for the many, many, many people now in game pass going to play this game on day one. You know, this isn't a buy-in. Um, a, a lot of people on the service aren't going to be checking reviews to see exactly what it's about. They're going to see a brand new first-party Xbox game. They're going to see a trailer or a screenshot, see these graphics, and be like, what the heck is this? They're going to click install, and they're going to play the thing. That's what a lot of people are going to do, and um, I, I think a, a just more of a adventure game would hit well, you know, instead of the what we got in the first one. So I'm excited for it, man. I have no doubt it's going to be the best-looking game that year that best looking game for the next years to come. I think this was one of the best uh, studio acquisitions uh, Microsoft has made. Uh, these guys are like legit wizards, uh, what they do. It's, uh, they're unbelievable. Um, I think uh, at E3 that year, when I was watching them list off the studios, when they hit this one, this is when I was like, oh, no way. They didn't. <laughs> I was like, no, I was like, that's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I think um, I think these guys have something to prove. I really do. So, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I'm what I'm hoping for is, you know, again, it was a smaller adventure made by a total of 20 people um, for, like you said, under a 10 million dollar budget in, in video game uh, land. That is that's that's nothing. 
I know $10 million to you and me is like, wow, I'm ready to buy, uh, you know, quite a bit. But to make a game with under 20, with just about 20 people and that kind of a budget in, in, in when they made the game is unheard of. Mm-hmm. They do have an unlimited budget. They have 40 people. I believe someone wrote in the chat that they currently have 120 uh, people hired at Ninja Theory, which, again, is still relatively small compared to many, many other the big studios. I'm hoping for a much larger experience. I would love to see them add some RPG elements to it. And I agree with you. I think the psychosis aspect, as, in, as in important as it is, and it mm-hmm. was for the original, I think that we have an ideology of what they were trying to do. Uh, obviously, mental wellness is certainly an important aspect in life itself, but for Ninja Theory, it's super important to them. And I love that they, um, you know, they, they they incorporate their feelings behind it into their games. But I think we're going to get a much broader look into who Senua is moving forward. Uh, let let Mag, let me ask your your opinion on this. Look again, this is just one still. I wish I can give you a video. Yeah. I wish I can give you three, you know, five or ten, uh, you know, stills to, to look at. But this is all we got. So, in your opinion, where where does your excitement levels go with just the still image? Well, first of all, I got to tell you, I'm excited for this game. I love the first game, and I'm super excited for this one. Now, that being said, of course, we're not really getting much of anything. And I would imagine, my personal opinion is, I think this game is going to go head-to-head with God of War. Uh, I don't think God of War is coming out this year. I don't either, no. And let's just say, for argument's sake, it does. If it does, that means that it was a PS4 title or it's expanded DLC. I don't care what anybody says. The facts are there, just like Miles Morales. I think it's going to be, if that's the case, it'll be a Miles Morales situation. But anyway, that's a whole other situation. But let's say God of War is like a full release. I think that maybe this thing will come out in 2022. It's not coming out this year. Now, the strange thing is, though, and I know that everybody's wondering this, where is it? You notice how they haven't shown any gameplay? They show the trailer uh, in 2019. They show this still now, but nothing else. This is the way you do it. I think that what's that uh, what, what Ninja Theory is doing is they're modeling themselves after what Sony does. And what Sony does is outstanding. They don't say a damn word. They don't show you anything until the game is ready. They don't want a repeat of Halo Infinite with this game because I have a feeling Phil knows, I think other people on Xbox know, People at Microsoft know that there's something special in this sequel. And I feel it too. I feel it in my bones that this is going to be a monster title for Xbox, not only because it's going to be, you know, a big budget sequel or whatever, but I think they actually got something really special here. And I, like I said, I have nothing to base that on except for the talent that the people have at Ninja Theory. And of course, that talent is backed by Microsoft's money. Uh, as for the still itself, uh, Probably looks like a CGI cutscene from what it looks like. You know, like maybe she's just turning her head or something's going on or whatever. But I actually expect photorealistic graphics from this. I mean, from what we saw already, I think it's going to be a magnificent game. Um, I really don't know what, what else to say about it, except for I'm, I'm really excited. But there is um, there is actually one more thing I was going to say uh, about the psychosis. You and Tempest were talking about it. And I think they're going to kind of drop it. 
And I don't mean drop it entirely. I think it's going to be there, but it's not going to be front and center like it was in the first game. I think that that's going to start causing too much of a distraction from what's going to be going moving ahead with this game. For example, this looks like it's going to be a semi-open, or at least what we're hearing is that it's going to be like a semi-open world game, kind of like God of War was. So it's kind of on rails, so to speak, like, you know, God of War, I mean, you could just go do the game and that's it. Follow the, you know, you don't really get lost in that map or anything. Like it's pretty simple, pretty simple map. I think this may be the same thing. I think it's modeled after God of War and why not? I mean, it was, you know, God of War could be one of the greatest games ever made. Right. So let's face it. But anyways, uh, there's that. And I think that the psychosis is going to start getting in the way of the narrative a little too okay, much. That, I mean, it may, makes sense. Makes like sense. You see that maybe it's going to, kind of burden it down a little bit like let's say because this may be a much bigger sweeping story which what from you know from what we can gather from what we've seen so far what they've talked about i think it's going to be a bigger sweeping story and as a result i think that a lot of the uh the mental health issues i think they'll be there but they're not going to be front and center because it's going to interfere with the story and i think that it's going to take away from the story i don't know that's just how I feel about that. I think that it's going to be kind of like, you want to, you want to liken it to somebody. You remember uh, something, you remember like Arkham Knight, the Joker wasn't there, but he was kind of there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like whenever there was like a little moment, oh, in he was time, there. All right. No, but you know what I mean? Like he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, there. Like yeah, what yeah, I'm no, saying no, is no, like no, no. whenever Batman had a moment, of course you had to pipe up during a ba Batman talk, right? Cyber. <laughs> I was just going to yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, he was waiting all show for this moment. All um, show. Yeah, so like whenever Batman had a lull in the action or in the story or whatever, and he just kind of sit back like on a balcony in the top of a building, and he's just like, ah, like oh, I hate that scarecrow. And then all of a sudden, Joker would just show up, right? And it'd be like a little moment where like the Joker was in his mind and was just talking to him and this and that. They have a little conversation and then got back to the story and then Joker wasn't there anymore. He would only show up during little lulls here and there. So I kind of see... From a narrative point of view, that's maybe where they're going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like maybe, you know, there's a break in the action and she finally has five minutes to sit down. Then she's going to battle those demons. And then maybe then then it's going to, you know, kind of creep in. And just to let the audience know and the gamers know and everybody else know that, yes, it's still there. Yes, it's a problem. However, it seems like she maybe because of the events of the first one, which I will not spoil for anybody in case anybody who hasn't played it yet. It's on Game Pass, folks. Play it, man. Definitely yeah, play, play this game. Yeah. So I think that she resolved a lot of her issues at the end of the first game. It may not seem that way, but I think maybe she did. And I think maybe even if she didn't resolve those issues, she certainly has a firmer grasp on it. You know, for someone like myself who suffers from anxiety, I'm a functional person. I mean, I could do this. I'm doing a show right now. I'm yelling. I go to work. I do everything else. Nobody would even know. But there are moments when I stop working. You see what I'm getting at here? Like, I'll stop working for five minutes and be like, all right, I'm just going to sit down for a couple minutes. That's when it creeps in. And I have a feeling that's where like anxiety creeps in. And all of a sudden you start thinking about stuff and you're like, all right, enough of that. Get back to work. Start cutting bagels, you know, whatever I'm doing. And I think that that's where this story is going to go with, uh, with Senua, where I think that that psychosis is not going to be front and center. It's going to come up and it's going to be a little bit more realistic. In my opinion, that's a little bit more realistic because when people are doing things that are occupied, it's not there. It's not really there. But the first one, you understand that we all understand that that was a, that was basically an, 
an, a journey within her own self. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just an outside journey of like, all right, I got to go from A to B and go get this relic. It wasn't that. It was a, it was an in, it was an internal journey that she had to struggle and get through. I think that she's gotten through that struggle now, and now they're going to focus on this big grander story where she's got to step up to the plate now and she's got to do something. So that's where I think it's going to go. We'll see. I'm excited for it either way, and that's about it. Well, look, I, I I got the original trailer from 2019 playing in the background. I got running on loop so you guys and gals could take a look at, at, at what we could expect. And all I can tell you is that this is from uh, over a year old, uh, and, and this already looks like some of the best graphics I think we've ever seen on Xbox. So just imagine what they're going to bring to the table. Clowns, let's get your opinion on this. You, you, you saw the still of Senua. You see the trailer running in the background. We haven't heard much from Ninja Theory, but what are you expecting on what I, and I think most people on this panel will agree, is one of the biggest and most important new games for the Series X from Ninja Theory because, you know, there are still people saying that Microsoft has a first-party problem. This could be the start of fixing said problem. Um. Well, Bloom, I just wanted to address, like, um, I'm not really familiar with everything Ninja Theory, but I want to say the picture that has seemed to gone viral. Um, I want I wanted to like focus on that a little bit, and I think that people are getting out of hand. To be honest, they're nitpicking a picture of a studio that does excellent work. Well, and... first of all, I, I actually haven't seen any of that. But if you're nitpicking a picture, then you really don't have a life. I'm going to be honest with you. You you haven't seen those Twitter posts about that. The uh, Hellblade 2 picture yet? No, I have not. Oh, thank God you must have those people muted because there was a fiasco with that for a little bit. Uh, they were nitpicking every pixel, every angle of it. It was it was just a little bit ridiculous. Well, I, I'll say this. Uh, and again, I, I don't know who these people are. I don't mean to to be insulting because that's not what we do on this program. But I got I got I got I'm going to call people out, uh, even though I don't know who they are. Uh, if you are fighting this invisible console war about nitpicking a picture, a still that Ninja Theory put out, uh, you got to kind of question what you're doing in life. I, I'm going to be honest with you. And I, I know this is, a, this is a video game podcast and we try not to get too real here. But man, may, maybe you're kind of walking a uh, you know a, a razor's edge of being a loser. I'm gonna just yes. say it. <laughs> yes, I mean because they're so talented, boom. I mean they are a very talented studio. You look at I'm looking at what you're showing on screen right now, and even though I haven't played the first one, I do have it downloaded. I want to say that this game looks phenomenal. It is. Uh, it looks really good. And there's just, you know, there's no reason to nitpick Hellblade at all. Hellblade 2, Hellblade 1, Ninja Theory, they are definitely a talented studio. But I wanted to go back to your question, uh, because when I first heard the question, all I could think about was that picture and all those uh, all those tweets that I'm trying to ignore. Um, but can you rephrase the question for me, Boom? About what? Um, what you had just asked. Regarding well, like, what, what, what well, really, the question is what what are you what do you what what are your expectations based on the trailer and the still? Okay, well, based on the trailer and based on the still, what I'm expecting is an epic 
journey of epic proportions. I think that Ninja Theory is going to nail this game out of the park. They're going to hit a home run with it. Everybody's going to be excited. The uh, you know when they showed the teasers uh, before the full trailers, I was excited for it. This was I wanted to hop in this one before I played the first one, if that makes sense. Just because I think that the detail, I think that this is to me, this looks a little bit more in depth, and I think a next gen systems is going to look even more phenomenal. So I just can't wait to get into it. Like I'm looking at the screens. I see like the shields. I see the torches. It looks like cultish. It looks, it looks really out there. And um, yeah, I want to get into it, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you, you got to play through. I think you're going to have to play through the first one. You should definitely get on that for sure. Let's get Everborn Saga on this. Everborn, listen, I, I, I did. I was unaware that people were nitpicking a, a single s- screen, which is pretty ridiculous, boom. but but whatever. Boom. Yeah. boom. It's 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 the usual suspects. You know who it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, well yeah, again, you, they, 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 you, they're, you they're on, they're on the pain of mind list. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, now here, here, here's the thing, though. Like, what's on screen right now uh, looks amazing, but I'm not sort of taking that into the bank until we see some uninterrupted gameplay. I'm okay. sure it will look amazing. I don't know if it will look as good as what we see here, but I don't. that's not really my concern there if every pixel count is as high or whatever it is, it's the experience. And now uh, why this is like, apart from Halo, Hellblade is probably my most anticipated game that we know of this generation. And I'm going to read a, a some, something for you in a minute about where the game resolves around. But I also want to just add one point here about um, this is why I am I get excited when I hear about um, Microsoft acquisitions of uh, developers and publishers. It is not because I want uh, to hold something over PlayStation fans. It's not because I want to say, uh, yay, now you can't have um, Starfield or Elder Scrolls. That doesn't mean I think they should be exclusive for business reasons, but as a gamer, I don't care who gets to play a game as long as I have access to it in Game Pass. I think they should be exclusive, but as a gamer, I don't really care. What excites me about an acquisition is what uh, being a, a subsidiary of Microsoft, right? What being under that umbrella how Microsoft empowers these developers to create and make these sorts of experiences. Because I don't think a 20 person team could give you something that like what we're looking at on screen, but with the proper resources and management, right? And, and, and uh, you know, sort of the ability to expand, now we can see Ninja Theory do things like this, do things like whatever um, Project Mara is, right? And so that's what excites me about these acquisitions. It is, um, you know, seeing the things that now Ninja Theory will finally be able to do, what what Obsidian will be able to do, what uh, Bethesda will be able to do 
you know, being uh, uh, or or Zenimax, the Zenimax Studios will be able to do when they're not worrying about, you know, what the next financial quarter is. Let them make what they want to make. Now that said, why am I so excited about Hellblade? I'm going to read to you a series of tweets from Jez Corden. We all are good friend. We all know Jez. Uh, he tweeted this last year. He said, Hellblade 2 might resolve around uh, a period of time known as the Bronze Age Collapse. The mountain portrayed in the trailer is Hecla. Back then, it was thought of as the gate of hell and the place where Judas' soul was interred. Uh, it had a mega eruption that fucked up the climate for 200 years in 1100 BC. It blackened the skies, eight cubic kilometers of ash thrown into the sky, hit rainfall, trees north uh, stopped, north stopped growing for years. So trees north stopped growing for years would have been seen as an apocalyptic event with, the, with a dead sun through the haze. Bronze Age collapse was a period of great <clears throat> was a period of great collapse and upheaval. Archaeology shows wars. Many city states in Europe and the Middle East were destroyed in succession. People died where they fell and were left unburied. Famine and chaos spread. Uh, poems of a time spoke of a dying world. On top of the Hecla eruption. Iron weaponry emerged and started replacing bronze, and it was much cheaper and easier to produce. It gave smaller states the means to overthrow bigger ones, rebels, and sue further sue further chaos. Um, you know, so he just like me thinks that is a super interesting setting for a game. So between that trailer. Between what we've seen with the lighting work, between the stories that we know Ninja Theory has the ability to tell, I am chomping at the bit for this. And, and again, I just want to bring it back home to this is why we want to see more Microsoft acquisitions, to empower the studios to do things like this. And I'm just going to leave one final point completely unrelated. This is for Gamer by Choice and Philly Eagle in the chat. You see these books, right? Immortal Hulk is uh, is is where it's at. That's what we want to see a story for. That's just from the chat. Sorry, just wanted to acknowledge some of the people watching us. And uh, one last thing, everybody hit the like button. I see like 200 people watching and only 59 likes. Please hit the like button. Yeah, I, I well, first of all, thanks so much for that. I, I don't understand it. Listen, folks, I don't really ask for much. I I, I think that as a content creator who has a modest channel, and I, and I mean modestly small compared to many others. Um, when I, I, as someone who watches as much content as I, cre I enjoy creating, it baffles the mind how you can listen to eight plus hours a week of, 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 of you know, free, basically free, free entertainment for you and how you can be here and not hit the like button. Like I, I, I listen, if you don't want to drop a super chat, you don't want to become a Patreon member. You don't want to become a channel member that perfectly fine, but not to hit the like button. I, I gotta be honest with you. Sometimes I feel like packing this shit up and, and, and not having a show because you know, it's, it's hard to, to, to push through the weeds of as many content creators there are out there. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I'm going to toot my own horn. I think I'm one of the good ones. 
So you got to ask yourself, why don't you hit the like button? I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but it is a bit of a shocker, folks. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you produce four live shows a week and then you're, and you're begging for clicks. You're begging for, for likes. I, I shouldn't have to do that. And I appreciate uh, Everborn Saga saying it because I don't ask for it enough. And you know the truth of the matter is? I really shouldn't have to. I'm going to be honest. If you're here and you're enjoying it, hit the fucking button. Being, uh, being honest. So let's bring this back to Cybernox. Cybernox, I'm sorry to go off kilter, but it is, a, it is a bit frustrating that when you dedicate yourself to a community and the people don't dedicate themselves to you, it's a bit of a kick in the balls. But let's bring it back to Senua. What are your thoughts and what are your expectations from Senua's saga, Hellblade 2, based on the 2019 trailer, which we watched a couple of times, and the still, which is known as the lighting effects test mm-hmm. first of all you deserve all the likes boom right you put tremendous work into all your shows you deserve a lot more likes than you had right now but I see, anyway I see, I see 152 so yeah. it hopped up. thank you everybody i appreciate it Tr- trust me i it, it, it means more to me than you realize when you're trying to outmaneuver as many amazing content creators that there are on youtube yes um, in regards to uh, Hellblade, um, I was actually really surpri- uh, surprised that they uh, made a second one. I thought that uh, Senua's Sacrifice actually concluded re- really well. Um, I will say, however, um, I-, I kind of I- I- I agree with, um, with Mag and Tempest. I think this game is going to be a little bit more um, expo- a-, a little bit more, let's say, focused on the game itself not just her psychosis, let's say. Um, Project Mara, to me, and I think I've mentioned this here before, um, and I don't think I I was the only one. I think Project Mara, because it seems like it's the same actress that's playing um, Mara, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's Senua, too. And what's going on, that's her on the real world. world. And uh, uh, what we see in... uh, and Hellblade, that's what's going on inside her mind. That that's that just is my fascinating. Theory. That's a fascinating take. Yeah, I that's that's right. I've never heard it uh, uh, those combined. That's pretty interesting, dude. Yeah, I I think that kind of I think that's what could be happening there. So whatever um they could potentially because after I saw Project Mars, like okay, so they're gonna there's a, actual a, a real person and uh, what's going on inside her hell uh, her head is what we're playing you know and um i think then if this you know this has the potential to be one of xbox biggest titles you know you can see just from the still i agree with logan 100 this is just a still could be from a cut uh, cut scene could be just an, an engine shot but it, it you can't deny that it looks absolutely amazing that looks you know man if the game even the trailer boom that you were playing if the game looks like like what they're showing right now it's got it's got a tremendous potential to be one of xbox's biggest hits and kind of like when mag was alluding to um i don't think uh god of war will come out this year uh so if it does come out like in 2022 it has a potential for these two to go head to head that'll be extremely uh it'll be extremely exciting to see you know um i will uh i hope that they um expand a little bit on the combat i think tempest was mentioning yeah 
uh, how it got a little bit too much too samey. You know, it was really. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed what I played, but um, it did get a little bit. Uh, the combat just became uh, a little bit repetitive for my liking. Uh, with that said, though, um, I can't wait. And uh, Ninja, Ninja Theory had they did a tremendous job with that, and they also um, one of my. Uh, they they also did like Devil May Cry. I don't know if a lot of people knew that one of the the remakes or the remaster for it. Um, and, and I really enjoyed that one too. So they can certainly do, you know, a tremendous uh, a variety when it comes to combat. So um, I hope that they just tweak that side of it a little bit more. We we know that they can tell tremendous stories, and if they nail, you know, the graphics, the combat, and the story all on this next uh, on the sequel. It's going to be amazing, man. Yeah, I, listen, all I know is that I think once the Xbox first party games start rolling and you start getting, uh, you know, and, and, and it really, at the end of the day, it really does start with Halo Infinite. I, I know that is a, that's almost, that's the end of 2021. I know our expectations uh, at least for some, like I said, I, I've played that trailer a hundred times, and I thought that I I really liked what I saw, but I, I understand people wanted um, you know really really updated graphics to match their new consoles, and and I think they're going to deliver uh, with that, and it really does start with Halo Infinite, and again, we don't know what else is coming this year in regards to big AAA bombs. Like we, I think I'm pretty safe to say that we're going to get uh, a Forza at some point. Now, I think I think that Jeff Grubb, he had reported, um, I believe it was the end of last year or early in this year, that he thinks we're getting a Forza Horizon 5 before Motorsport, which would be pretty interesting because that would really put the development um, for a Motorsport well over, I think, four years. I mean, that, that would be, I mean, they, they are remaking that game. That game is not going to be the same as motor uh, as a for uh, as a motorsport seven it's going to be a, a, a I, I don't want to say soft reboot but it's definitely going to be something different um and uh, i'm expecting big things so i would love to i would love to say that senua saga hellblade 2 would be out this year i don't know but i would tell you this um if there is one game that i think could go up against the god of war 2 which may not even technically be a god official God of War 2. I think what we're going to get is a Miles Morales situation for God of War, considering it came out in 2018. And if they're talking 2020, then it's not going to be a 50-hour experience. It's going to be a smaller Miles Morales S type of title. And I'm okay with that because I quite frankly enjoyed Miles Morales, but I think Hellblade could go up against and i think ninja theory could in fact go up against the god of war and potentially come out on top i, I i'm excited for both games but i'm very very excited to see um what ninja theory brings to the table uh, again clowns you send me the sense you know what don't even bother don't even send me any what these knuckleheads are saying because i could care less if you're going to spend time uh, over 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 picking or uh, on a, a produced screenshot man you, you, there's something wrong with you folks i gotta be honest with you uh gamer by choice drops an outstanding 
$5 super chat says, boom, you represent eight to 10 of my most enjoyable hours a week. Thank you for all that you, all the hard work you put in. Well, dude, that's, that's awesome of you to say. And I truly appreciate it. Folks, listen, here's the thing. I am sorry. And I apologize for, I guess, going off kilter, but folks, this is hard work. I love it. I quite frankly enjoy it. It is something I have pulled away from gaming. Like I don't game half as much as I used to because I'm producing four sh- four shows per week. And again, you know, I, I I always felt like I don't ask enough. I get scolded all the time by many many of my peers. Say, boom, you got to ask for the you know the likes. You got to ask for the support. But do I? That's the real question, and I'm hoping that I don't have to. I, I, I'm here to produce a show to talk about video games. I shouldn't have to say six times in a in a two hour podcast, like and subscribe with the thumbs up. You, you should. I shouldn't have to do that. But listen, we only have ten minutes left, uh, hey. and I and I kind of want to just jump into a small topic that really kind of I don't even know if it has any place. Does anyone even really care? Uh, Anthem 2.0 is on the verge of being canceled. Uh, and uh, this is something that Logan and I were talking about. And I, I'll have people just jump in because I don't think we're going to have the time to do the round robin that we normally do. First of all, for the chat, uh, do, are you uh, are you playing Anthem? Did you play Anthem? Did you enjoy what you played? And are you potentially um, concerned about... To Anthem 2.0, which is supposed to be the reboot of the series, being canceled by EA and, and Logan. I want to go to you first on this. Uh, is, is is with the financial crisis that's everyone is feeling? Does EA want to continue with this long in the tooth Bioware uh, Anthem 2.0? I mean, that's an excellent question because they've obviously poured just an obscene amount of money and ridiculous yeah time into anthem and because bioware wanted to try something different and it was clearly outside their wheelhouse i mean anthem has had some positives but a lot that hasn't been so great and that's why it's been effectively on life support for a long time and so they've been secretly behind the scenes working to revive it and make it better and something better than like a soulless destiny. But um, I don't know. Like, I hope that they can make it a good game because I'd love to see studios succeed. Bioware was my favorite studio growing up. Knights of the Old Republic, Massive yeah. Jade Empire, all these games. Like, I hold them in such high esteem. So seeing them fall on their face uh, with Anthem and then Mass Effect Andromeda, which I liked, but. Let's be real, it wasn't Mass Effect Trilogy. So, to me, I hope that they can save it and they can really do something. But, to be honest, I don't have high hopes. And I'm. it's a separate topic, but I am a little concerned for Dragon Age 4 as well. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I hope that they can fix it. And it's great. And the people who like it can enjoy it. But... I wouldn't put a lot of hope and faith into it. Yeah, I mean, that hey, makes sense. Can I uh, jump in, Boom? Yeah, please, by all means. I bought this game, technically speaking, twice because I was so excited for it. I did console route, and then I, I say technically bought it twice because I got EA Access, the monthly thing, you know, the right. 15 bucks and get it. And I played it on PC a bit, and um, I wanted to like the game very Listen, there's a reason why it sold so well out of the gate. People were interested in it. 
Um, the armors look fantastic. The flying legitimately was good. Um, it played a lot like Mass Effect Andromeda, and that was the best part about that game was the actual gameplay. Everything else was subpar, but the gameplay was fantastic. Uh, they just needed to tweak a few things. One, they just needed to make you care a bit more about the characters. One thing a Bioware game has never had a problem with is interesting characters, right? And that was my worst part about that game to me was I just didn't give a crap about anything in the tower. I just didn't. Uh, so they need to work on introduce some characters, maybe put like a third person camera mode while you're walk, rock, uh, walking around the tower. I know I'm calling it the tower, but you know, I'm the fourth. Yeah. Person, yeah, I, I know yeah. 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 There's little things they could do to, I think really make the game better, you know, better. Um, but listen, we have new consoles now slap that puppy is 60 frame per second mode. Yeah. And you see what it did to the division. Imagine doing that to a game where you can fly around the, you know, the game world and do all that crazy stuff. It would make a huge, huge difference. I think the game can actually have a turnaround. Um, and you know what? I think Bioware, they really need to do it. I think they just like, just like CD project red has to, to make good on cyberpunk. Bioware needs to do this. I know that they were discussing its fate, if you will, they they need to work it out because selfishly I want to play it. I want to play a good anthem, you know, because um, it's interesting. It's cool. You, you're practically Iron Man. I mean, the flying they, mechanics. Yeah. Listen, you can say whatever you want about the game. The flying mm -hmm. mechanics were dope, dude. It was awesome. I it's literally yep. Iron Man the game, uh, except it's not Iron Man, right? But make us feel like Iron Man. You know, make us care about our character more. Just. I don't know, dude. That, it had a ton of potential, I guess, is my is my what I'm trying to say. And uh, I think by this time, Bioware, you know, they owe it to us. <laughs> by this time, I think they do. Can I, so, can I jump in for a second? Please? Absolutely, dude. Go ahead. I am going to quote Nino Brown from New Jack City when I say, "Cancel that bitch." Right? <laughs> Listen, let, let me tell you something. Get rid of it. Don't get rid of Anthem as an idea. You can't bring it back. It's it's already like it's too late for it. Now, again, I know we talked about reskinning things and throwing some Star Wars on there, but just imagine you're playing the same game, but you instead of it being Anthem, you just call it the Mandalorian. And maybe, maybe you're Mando flying around in your jetpack doing everything you would do in Anthem in a Star Wars setting. I get people don't like reskinning, but you know, if you didn't support the game when it wasn't Star Wars, maybe you will now and you'll appreciate how great the gameplay is. You throw a good story on there. It's Bioware, although I agree with Philly Eagle, they are, uh, I like to call them Bino, so bi uh, Bioware in name only, right? <laughs> so, it's not the same Bioware you remember. That said, they could give it an RPG, uh, they could give it RPG elements with the, the gameplay style of uh, Anthem, and I think you'd have a winner on your hands, and maybe EA could get back in the good graces of uh, Lucasfilm Games, which is a terrible name, by the way. Um, but I think they should put a Star Wars skin on Anthem, and I think people will gravitate towards it. That's my opinion. I don't know. I think Anthem, uh, Anthem, for what it had, it had so much hype, and I think the mechanics of it, I, I thought it were they were amazing. There was tremendous gameplay. I'm not, 
the mechanics of it was really, really well done, in my opinion. The flying I thought was well done. The transitioning between you flying when you when you dove in and, and you're going, uh, you know, underwater, like they had everything worked out. I thought the the gun the gunplay was really well done. They just didn't deliver on the content. Like like Tempa said, the story was trash. Like <laughs> you didn't even care about it. They they were putting walls midway through the story for you to like go do a couple of like fetch quest. Not even fetch quests. Like you had to collect x x amount of things for you to progress through the story. I think they had something special there. It's just that they unfortunately didn't didn't you know succeed with what what they what originally they had in mind they didn't develop that game for until what what was it like six was it six no 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 that i'm I'm messing it up with andromeda i think all um, i know is that there were there were people you know what the problem was with bioware I, I i'm not sure who said it bioware is no longer bioware it, they're simply, no longer bioware it, it, yeah. it's just a name and at this point when you have people crying in corners in uh, in closets because they can't uh, because of the, of the supposed abuse that was reported by Jason Trier, you're not going to make a good game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they use that kind of tactics that 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 grind your gears until you you're bleeding uh, from the eyeballs to finish Dragon Age, the last one, not the new one, which I have concerns about. Listen, Bioware is in trouble, and I think that you if if they don't deliver on uh, they're going to get some reprieve with the Mass Effect uh, trilogy because everyone's going to buy that. It's going to make buy, it's it's going to make EA a shit ton of money. And if it's done like we like we're expecting it to be done, they're going to get they're going to get some um, the, the 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 rope is going to be uh, loosened a bit. But the minute that they come out with a new IP and it doesn't deliver, I, I hate to say this, I, I think that they're going to they're going to end up like Visceral Games and eventually just be closed. And that's freaking awful. But anyway, listen, folks, we're at the ten, we're at the ten o'clock mark. Uh, first of all, we had two hundred and fifty plus people here. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us on this Monday evening. Hopefully, yeah, enjoyed it. I think we 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 hit on a lot of subjects that uh, a lot of people had big opinions on. A good friend of the show, Philly Eagle, comes in at the last minute, drops an outstanding five dollar super chat. Thanks, Philly. Definitely appreciate you being here. He says Anthem was originally designed to be a survival. Horde game. EA forced it to be a looter shooter. Don't overlook this fact. Yeah, well, I mean, they also there's a lot of things that they did wrong, and unfortunately, I bought into this big time. Um, and destiny chasing. Yeah, that's yeah. It was going to be the destiny killer, and when you say that and you don't deliver, well, you know, there you go. But listen, let's get to the outros, and we'll start with our special guest, Logan. First of all, thanks so much for hanging out, brother. We super appreciate you coming on today, giving us your opinion. We want to see more of your work on LordsOfGaming.net, and of course, Pixel Owl, your own website. Tell everyone about those two particular sites where you're right, and more importantly. Where could people reach out and strike up a conversation on social media? Well, um, obviously, I, um, I'm i on Twitter a lot. So um, <laughs> find me at L-O-G-M-E-Y-9-2. That, um, that's my handle. And Lords of Gaming is where I primarily write. I haven't been doing too much with Pixel Isle of late, but... Um, I'm trying to build the brand and trying to make a way in this industry. And uh, 
I'm really thankful for the opportunity at Lords of Gaming. It's a great group of guys and yeah, great um, staff and everything. And just so I am, um, yeah, I just I feel free to write what I want to write about. Joe, it's it's great. There's no there's no agendas or any kind of hidden things put being pushed or anything. It's like if you see something in the industry you think needs to be talked about, you talk about it. So I um I feel that's important and just thank you so much for having me on and I've really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks so much for being here, brother. Super appreciate that. And definitely we're gonna be looking for your latest and greatest article that you'll be writing for LordsofGaming.net. Tempest Sun, thanks so much for being here, brother. Hopefully you feel okay sitting here for two hours and your back isn't like you've been put into a camel clutch by the <laughs> iron peak. Tell everyone about where they can reach out to you on social media, but more importantly, strike up some potential team-up action on Xbox. Uh, my gamer tag is uh, Tempest Sun. Uh, you can find me at Twitter uh, at the Tempest Sun. And uh, it was a fun one. Boom! I enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on as always. And uh, yeah, I will uh, probably use an ice pack on my back. You know, starting to feel it a little bit, but you know, I'll get I'll get over it. It's all good. <laughs> well, uh, glad that you were able to be here, brother. Definitely appreciate the opinions that you brought to today's show. Mag, middle-aged gamer guy, why don't you tell uh, everyone about what other shows that you guest appear on, and where could people reach out and strike up a conversation? Well, guys, it was a pleasure as always tonight. Logan, it was wonderful to meet you and actually to actually have conversation with you guys tonight. So anyways, yes, you can follow me on Twitter at the Middle Age Game Guy. That's with a G-Y at the end on the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. You can find me at all words, uh, excuse me, all words, all one word, all capitals. I am the mag. And so you can find me there. Also, you can find me here every Monday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Primetime Gaming with Mr. Boomstick XL and friends and this Tuesday, by the way, I got two announcements to make. This Tuesday, we're taking a little break from Gaming After Dark. So tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are having Gaming After Dark. And uh, then we are going to be taking a little bit of a break for a while, probably about uh, two, a couple of months or so. So we'll be taking a little bit of a break. So guys, come out and support the show. And boom, I am sending out, okay, the Dogs of War for you. Because guess I what I just it. found out? What's that? I just found out that my team, the Noof Nukem, Titan Drago, Steel Rain, and the Mag will be facing off against you first in the Halo tournament come March. Oh, man. Here we go. I just found out tonight because Fork Boy and Wilmy put up a video where they picked the names and the hats. You can actually go check it out on YouTube. uh, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, and it turns <laughs> you got picked number 15, we got picked number two, and turns out number two being the Noof Nukem team of, of us, we are facing off against the Boom Squad. Oh, so look out, man. <laughs> it is round one. It is us against you. So it's going to be a how hell of a up? What, what's this? Yeah, I was about to say, what is going on over here? It's uh, Okay, Wilmy and Fork Boy are putting on a, a big Halo tournament. It's actually for money, too. And uh, they're going to be doing it, and you have to do, like they want. It's all basically all podcasters in there. So like the Iron nice. Lords got their own squad. Um, Boom's got his squad. Uh, I'm in my own squad with Noof and Titan and Steel Rain. Um, what's his name? Wandering Dutch has got his squad. Xbot four 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 eight, as Mooch would like to say, he's in there with K Mega and some other guys. It's a whole smorgasbord of big names in the business. So. It's going to be a hell of a tournament. It's sometime in March, and I would suggest uh, reaching out to Fork Boy, seeing if you can still get into that tournament. So, yeah, I only dope. found out from Noof. 
<laughs> so I didn't even know about it. Like, I mean, if I, well, if the, 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 me, the I dogs won. of war have been, have, have been barking. And I think we're going to take you guys down first, but I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to be pushing any agendas well, or anything, but we'll no, see. Of course not. It's all going to be in good fun guys. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, absolutely. and it's, I believe it's in the first week of March. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, anyways, that's all I had to say. So guys, everybody have a great week. Enjoy. And we'll see you guys all here next Monday. Yep, thanks for being here, brother. I definitely appreciate that. Clowns, why don't you tell everyone about four guys with quarters and where could people strike up a conversation on social media? Hey, man. Boom, thanks for always having me on the panel. It's always great and awesome time with Logan on the panel tonight, man. It was a blast. Uh, you all can find me at Italian Clowns on all social media. You can, feel free to strike up a conversation. You need help with anything, hit me up. I'll do my best to help you out with whatever it is. Four Guys Recorders is moving to Thursdays, earlier time, uh, 6.30, because Midway's uh, schedule change. So we're moving to 6.30 on Thursdays. And then on Tuesdays, I'll be starting a radio-like show that's going to have like a real like radio production. And uh, Lemon's got some people that's going to drop some drops, as he says it, because he knows some people in the radio biz. And Wednesday... Uh, I have a big interview set up with Chance Glasgow, a co-founder of one of the co-founders of Infinity Ward and one of the co-founders of Call of Duty. So that's going to be a fun time at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Four Guys with Quarters. Nice, dude. Very, very good stuff over there at Four Guys with Quarters. Definitely get over there and check that out. Everborn Saga, you're obviously doing some brand recognition changes to kind of keep everything together. Tell everyone about the Everborn Saga and where could people reach out? strike up a conversation okay first of all yes i am doing some rebranding so now you can find me at everbornsaga.com everborn saga on twitter everborn saga on youtube everborn saga on xbox live and everborn saga on the playstation network uh why am i doing this because we are launching the kickstarter very soon in about just over two weeks at the nice. top of march uh, we are launching the Kickstarter for Ariel's Adventure, a brand new series in the Everborn Saga. If you don't know what the Everborn Saga is, it is four connected series that follow four characters, all telling a different part of the same story. It is also a video game that's currently in development, a 2D platformer, which is my love letter to Sonic, Mario, and all this great 16-bit era uh, 2D platformers. And we are working on a pilot for an anime. It's all a part of the same story. Uh, check it out. Uh, if you guys could go and check out the link in this uh, video, you can get to the Kickstarter page. And if you could just do me a huge favor and uh, click, you'd like to be notified when we launch the Kickstarter. Because even if you don't come back, it'll rank us higher. And Kickstarter will say this is one of the projects they like, and it'll help us out. So if you could just hit that link, Click you want to be notified and please share it if you can. That is all I ask. But I think when you get there, you're, you're going to be sold on it right away. So check that out. You can find me on Twitter, like I said, at all those places. And we'll be updating the uh, Instagram and Facebook tags pretty soon as well. So across the board, uh, Everborn Saga. Nice, nice. Well, real quick, Antoine Williams drops an outstanding Late $2 Super Chat and says he needs Kingdom Come 2. Yeah, I didn't play the first one, dude. I heard a lot of people really, really enjoyed that game. Hey, you never know. If you ask for it, maybe they will deliver. And Reggie Mobile 9, a generous friend of the show, he drops an outstanding 
$3 super sticker. Thank you so much for that, Reggie. Super appreciate that. And last in no way least, our resident Cape Crusader who got here in the nick of time after nabbing the Joker once again. Cybernox, tell everyone about where they can reach out to you on social media, but more importantly, check out your YouTube channel. And more importantly, tell everyone about the Xbox Game Pass Club you got going on. I really appreciate that, Boom. Uh, Logan, it was a pleasure, man, for, uh, having you here on the show. Chat's always great being here on Monday evening with you guys. Panel, you already know. Love being here with you guys as well. Uh, yeah, Cybernox on Twitter, that's where I'm mostly, uh, where I'm most active. Um, you can find me on Xbox Live, too. Uh, Cybernox, uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, Xbox Game Pass Club. Uh, I just did my uh, part one playthrough of the medium there. It's pretty much a game club, uh, but for gaming, you know, I try to pretty much randomize the game that we're going to play and um, we'll discuss the game as we as we go through it. And at the end, uh, really fun way to just, you know, expand your portfolio and and play different genres things that you normally wouldn't and for you know a price of ten dollars a month if you're not a member of xbox game pass i think it's it's it, you know it's a, a no-brainer you can try hundreds of games there so yeah uh, xbox game pass club if you want to go ahead and check that out and cybernox everywhere else and i'll see you guys here next monday 8 p.m eastern Maybe muted. Mute. Hello. I'm, I didn't even realize I was on, on, on mute. How do you like them apples? Uh, listen, folks, thank you so much for being here. Obviously, if you enjoyed today's podcast, consider uh, hitting the like button. And, of course, if you are new to the program, consider becoming um, uh, you know, a subscriber to Double Barrel Gaming. Lots of weekly content for live shows, folks. That is a lot of content. Plus, I am now doing videos, and I'm going to be doing one coming up this week on the uh, rumored new acquisition for Microsoft, and it's a big one, folks. Uh, so listen, thanks so much for being here, and I'm going to close out today's show with, with something that's important to me. Hopefully, one day, it'll be important to you, and that's something that my dad taught me, and I think this world needs it more now than ever, and he used to say, he, used to he told us, son, treat others how you want to be treated, and also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, and I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of Primetime Gaming with Mr. Boomstick and Friends. Mm -hmm.